3: Hi
0: there, I'm Brian Abena, and you're listening to the Mall Over Podcast. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's More Over Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you news, views, and and opinion, and the reaction of all the West Country action. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Mall Podcast. We are more Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our podcasts on Anchor and Apple Podcasts and many other podcast catcher-type things. Uh, we're back for a new season uh, in November, which feels a bit weird. Uh, there's some international stuff going on, and obviously it was a return to the premiership. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that we have a full contingent this evening of regular contributors. That means we have the nicest man in Cornish rugby
1: podcasting, Ben
0: Eustace. Welcome, Ben.
1: Hello, mate. Welcome. When you started to say contributors, I did wonder what you were going to say.
0: <laughs> welcome welcome back to uh, a new season. Uh, we also have um, a farm vet who isn't any longer a farm vet, but is still qualified as a farm vet. And the house was favourite. Uh, Phil Elkins, how you doing? Still,
2: once a farm vet, always a farm vet. It's the president of the United States. Once you once you're a farm bet they can't take it away from you.
0: <laughs> they cannot take it away. Once you're the housewife's favourite, they can't take that away either, unless uh, unless you're accused of something sinister. Um,
3: yeah, a bit like you a bit like, favourite. <laughs> We've all been there, Rush. <laughs> a bit like the American president.
0: Um, <laughs> and and last but not least, everyone's favourite, other than uh, Matt, who's in our fantasy rugby draft league, who's Ben's favourite. Uh, it's the Lensman. Welcome back, Lensman. How are you doing Then I'm all right, actually.
3: Yeah,
0: I'm at... yeah, I'm all right. I hope you had all had a good weekend. Obviously, there were lots of rugby things going on. The Premiership is back after two weeks. Um, well, two or three who's,
1: weeks. Who's doing the washing up? Somebody, somebody having dinner. It's it, it's having having Dinner. It's the puppy. Is that sort is that allowed? Out, <laughs> Does that mean? Does that
0: mean we have to all go? Ah, oh, well, we'll we'll put up with that noise in the background because it's a. <laughs> a cute, I'm
1: worried. A Doug, cute, I'm worried. Doug's going to turn up and strangle him.
0: Has <laughs> he? Is he got like
2: a Grandmaster Flash clock hanging around his neck? Yeah, or something. He's, he's, he's got, got like bowl.
1: a um, he's got like a metal tag and it's hitting the porcelain bowl. Yeah. Also, also, I tell, tell you what, he hasn't
3: got table manners.
1: <laughs> also, it's
3: twenty to nine at night. Has he got no
0: fucking got no routine?
1: Does, does what he wants, mate. Unbelievable.
0: Um, right, let's uh, let's get right in and talk about some rugby, shall we? Um, hopefully, you know, all being well, we'll be back in some guys in some formation week on week now for for the rest of the rugby season. Now we know that there's going to be no midweek matches balsing things up, and hopefully we'll have some uh, decent Premiership squads put out. Uh, but we're going to start in the international stage, uh, in the Autumn Nations Cup, which. You know, is rapidly turning into a Six Nations competition because Fiji keep having all their players having COVID, and Georgia can't score any points against anybody. Um, we'll we'll kick off at Twickenham, England versus Ireland. Everybody uh, would have seen that, and what could only be described as a an, an imperious England performance. Phil, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's. This England team's always had that that
2: kind of um, growing edge of of defensive control about them, and for the first probably seventy five minutes, it it was a hundred percent England. Even although Ireland had the ball, some stupid ridiculous amount of tackles that England made, hundred and sixty something like that. But every time Ireland had the ball, they just had no option to do anything with it. England were up in their faces all the time and making massive big dominant hits. Um I saw somebody, I can't remember who it was, saying that Billy Vinapola is half the player that he used to be. He's not. He's twice the player he used to be. He used to be just a big bulldozing wrecking ball of a, of an eight. And now hes he adds so much more to his game. We see Benny, Billy Vinapola hitting people and driving them backwards. He was doing that three years ago, and it, it's every player in the team being able to do it. And when you dominate teams like that, when they have the ball, it means when you've got the ball, they're, they're knackered in their are But it was really super impressive. The only slight thing just to be wary of from an England perspective is Ireland caught a couple of the times with a little chip into the middle and... Um, there's been a, a few occasions. I think Italy did it a couple of times as well. Where, when you're playing that real aggressive Mitchell-style defence, you do leave a bit of a gap there between that first line of defence and the back three. Um, and I wonder whether it's something they need to to build into their plays. Perhaps having one of the back, well, not necessarily back right, forwards, but maybe one of the one of the the players who aren't in that back line just drifting in behind, covering that space a little bit. But other it, than that, I mean, you struggle, you struggled to find fault with the, with the way he played.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You say that. And the fact that it took Ireland until like the 70th minute or whatever it was to, to actually try that little tactic. And it was something that was mentioned on commentary a couple of times around, you know, England's line speed, whether that was the, the flat line speed and uh, in and around the ruck or whether that was the, the wraparound line speed to stop Ireland going wide early. Um, Ben, from from an England, obviously we we mentioned Phil mentioned England defence there. Ireland's attack seemed a little bit toothless, a little bit rudderless and one dimensional. Would you think that that was because of England's defence or a bit of a lack of leadership?
1: I was going to say, so would you if you had the entire English back row in your face? Um, I mean, the the fly off was pretty nondescript, wasn't he, Burn? Um, and, you know, I thought the scrum half played really well against Wales. Um, he, he does have a really nice service, but with the way the game went with them not getting a lot of clean ball off set piece and with the line speed sort of being all over them, um, it was a kind of a game that was t- tailor-made for someone a bit more like Murray, your sort of big scrum half that can wrestle the ball out. Um so without Murray and Sexton maybe they were a bit w- rudderless but that takes quite a lot away from England's defence I mean, I don't like to say it but they're starting to look a lot like Saracens, aren't they? <laughs> oh fucking
0: hell Steady away Um You know, Doug... it's
1: that it's that um, very aggressive defence um, Exeter's defence is very good but it, it as a rule doesn't push you back 20 it's yards which is what yeah, which England were doing. They were knocking them backwards. And and Phil's point um, about Billy Vonapolo is is a really good one. And you know, I was hoping it might have put to bed a few of these sort of sort of clickbaity things about Tom Willis and Sam Simmons being a disgrace, they're not in the side. I mean that that back row was outstanding. And with a Todger there just making a mess of everything. they they're incredibly hard to play against. He's a joke
0: in here, Toji.
1: I I
2: can't believe play, there's people out there who are saying that it's a disgrace that Johnny May wasn't man of the match. I I could have picked five men of the match and none of them would have been in the backs.
0: Yeah, but Doug, that
2: it was all all about back row, second row, front row, just
1: dominating. That was the best I've seen Sinclair play for twelve months. Yeah, agree. Doug, what did what did you make of it?
3: Um, I think Ireland maybe. I think they're a bit directionless. I'm not sure. Andy Farrell, it's a it's a sort of an they've evolved, they've not revolved. Or have they they revolved, not evolved? (laughs) Yeah, I just think um, England. Like for whatever you may think about it, Eddie Jones is weird ideas on what's right and wrong. They have got a solid 15 that are probably probably only two sides in world rugby that can sort of live with them but it worries me more for the state of six nations and European rugby in general really because if England are just going to start brushing aside Ireland where does that leave the Six Nations? It
1: felt a little bit. <laughs> England
3: are really good. I don't think it's a very good signal for the state of rugby as a whole. I think they played all right. I, just, I don't. I don't think it was a brilliant performance by England. But I think. I think the the the, the thing that came out of that for me was that Ireland should start worrying
0: yeah Uh, I think I think Ireland are (laughs) about six months let's say six months in in relative time terms behind Wales because Wales are an absolute shit show at the moment they've got some fantastic players but they are a shit show
3: and since Gatland left if you're if you're a young Irish player and you're seeing people like James Lowe and and the scrum half and the four, uh, I can you know what I'm like with names, but they seem to be. Seems to be a value of, uh, they seem to be saying that the 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 Irish players that are coming through aren't good enough, so we need to get these foreign-born guys in, and that that should be a worry, really.
0: Well, it, it's it's basically sort of Leinster, isn't it? That's that's the issue that, I, that Ireland seem to have. Is that you know? Le- Leinster have been dominating, or say dominate, right up there in European rugby for such a long time. They've almost taken that blueprint and sprinkled it with a couple of Ulster and and mm. a few more Munster players, and and tried to make it work. Now, Ben, you mentioned around the the back row. Uh, is probably Phil. You're probably the the most. Uh, qualified to talk about this with regards to positional sense, but you know, all of the chat pre-match or you know, in the last couple of weeks has been around Jack Willis, it's been around Sam Simmons, it's been around um Itoji playing six, all of the options that England have have got. And he went back to the the tried and trusted Vinopola, Curry and Underhill back back row. And any, any team in World Rugby would be very happy to have those those three as their starting back row, wouldn't they? Yeah,
2: so Rob Baxter was asked about Samson's, uh, I think, about 18 months ago and said, what does it do to get more head games? And he said, well, probably put on 30 kilos, which at the time might have been a slightly blasé answer, but had a bit of truth to it. They asked him exactly the same question on Friday night after Sam Simmons gets a hat-trick for Exeter. What does he have to do to get more game time for England? And Baxter's answer was actually far more nuanced and and correct. Actually, what Ed Jones' job to do is to pick a team that he thinks is going to be most likely to win for England. And it's going to be the team that plays in the system that he wants to play. Now, what you've seen is, mentioned earlier, John Mitchell. John Mitchell's come into that England setup. They've changed the way they play defensively massively. And the way they play now, Curry and Underhill, let's let's stick with the flankers to start with. Curry and Underhill are going to be those first two choice flankers every game. They're, they're exactly what he wants for that kind of system. And Billy, this is Billy five years ago, Billy now is exactly what you want as well. The chances of him going back to the old um the old fullback for number eight of these News, I think, are pretty much zero because he doesn't match the style of play that England are trying to play now. He doesn't want a big bullocking um number 8 that's got fifty, sixty minutes in him. He wants somebody to bit did he really play the full game? At the weekend, uh, he did, yeah, he did. Which he never used to be able to stick that out. He, he wants somebody who's a, who's a bit more rounded, but also going to get in people's faces yeah. in, in defence. And what Sam um, Timmons does, is he does a lot more work with ball in hand. He does a lot more work out in the wide channels. He does a, a lot more work, almost as a bit of an extra centre at times. And that's not what the England system at the moment is about. Uh, so you pick the players that's, that are exactly the best players for the system that you're playing. Similarly, Marcus Smith is probably not going to get the game time that that his skill set deserves. But, yeah, I don't know, you say Sam Simmons is born in Dublin, he's probably got 30, 40 caps under his belt by now. You say um, Marcus Smith is born in France, he's probably got 50 or 60 caps under his belt by now. They, But they're not kind of players that suit the system that England are trying to play at the moment. So it doesn't mean they're crap players. It doesn't mean that it's a disgrace that they're not picked either. They're just not the right players at the right time for the right system.
0: And I think, I think people need to start to realize that in the last, well, since Eddie Jones took over following the debacle that was the 20, where are we? 2015 world cup. Right. Eddie Jones took over that team that was in fairly disarray. We went to Australia. We did really well in Australia. He's he's cultivated and nurtured players. He's brought people in. He's dropped people out. Um, England have been ultimately successful, more successful than not over that over that period of time. We've won a couple of Six Nations. We got to the final of a World Cup. Yes, we didn't win it, but you know we came up against a better side on the day. That happens, right? Where I've come round to the to the thinking that. If if England were now look, if you if you were comparing England now to where Ireland and Wales are, based on the fact that they're using pretty much the same players, but they've got a different head coach, what what is the better option like for England? People don't like Eddie Jones. Where is a better option for England? I don't see one. England are successful at the moment. They may not be playing the most attractive brand of rugby. There's a lot talked about. International well, rugby being, sorry, Ben, there's a lot of talk about international rugby now being played more specifically when you haven't got the ball than when you have got the ball. What do you, what do you make of, of that theory and, and that approach to to playing with, with minimal possession and just utilise it when you've got it?
1: I, I just think that they've decided notably England and you can see it because, you know, we, the, the group that we're in, Russ, you know, there's a bit of controversy of, of about Farrell kicking away possession too much, but I, I think watching it now, I think they've come to the conclusion that it's the the new interpretation of the laws make it so dangerous to attack in a wide channel that they they just have a look, they they win a, they they make a few yards from the pack and then they have a look at going wide and if it's not on, then one of the backs just puts it into the corner. There's no attempt to even go through two or three phases out wide I think if 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 May hadn't have seen that gap he wasn't going to go for it anyway he was just going to hoof that down the pitch and 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 I think they've just decided that the risk reward especially with the way back rows are rewarded for getting to the ball now so so I think I still think Farrell's over kicking it in the 22 because I think you know they scored a try off his second kick, but the first one he did in that situation was w- there was no percentage to that whatsoever. But I think the the he's actually playing to a game plan, maybe overdoing it a little bit because he likes likes a kick anyway. But I think that's why there is a lot of boot to ball, and th- the All Blacks when they were winning World Cups consecutively they were kicking the ball away more than anyone else. It's yeah not because they'd have a, a good chance
0: and then they would turn yeah. the ball over in opposition territory. And like you say it's not a new concept. Um but does it does uh, it make
3: Saracens for... won every single tournament they entered by doing that.
1: Yeah. If you've got Underhill uh, chasing a, a a high ball, you've got a pretty decent chance he's going to knock it loose and and one of the toe Jay's sort of real skills, seems to be anticipating where the ball's going to be, as well as all the sort of, sort of uh, what do you want to call it, dark arts, whatever you want to call it, that, he, that he's that he got sort of in the locker. He's also got extremely bit, good anticipation. A
0: ra- bit racist.
1: Some people might find what you said a bit racist. Um, <laughs>
2: um,
1: Johnny,
0: Johnny May is unbelievable the high
2: ball yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and but, Watson when he's in is, is fantastic as well. Let me
0: tell you somebody who's not awesome under the hood. That's
1: Elliot Daly. Oh, uh, no. Good no. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Watson's um, back in the
2: squad so, for the next, y- isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're fairly certain that Watson's a better 15 than Daly now. But um, the the other thing is, if you roll the clock back to, well, probably 18 months, we were box kicking a lot, but those box kicks were going too far and not contestable. Um, so credit Ben Young, his kicks have got better, but also because of the changes in the interpretations of the laws and because we're effectively playing counter-attacking rugby, Ben Young's got a damn sight quicker around the breakdown. That ball is shifting away a lot quicker. Now, I don't think he's the answer, the long-term answer, or even the short-term answer to England's issues at the Nines, but he's not standing out as such a a force of negativity.
0: Do you not think though, like based on your point there, you say about Ben Young's service being a bit quicker. um, Is that not a product of the fact that the rucks are, uh, especially England's rucks at the moment, they're a lot closer. And Doug, you being a nine, if you're not going from side to side, to side, to side, picking, picking balls out of rucks, 40, 50 meters apart, you're going to be in a better position to provide quicker service. If you've got, if you're going 10 meters maximum to each ruck, and then there's potentially a kick, It makes it. It stands to reason that your service is going to
3: be quicker, doesn't it? I mean, first off, yeah, I'm a I'm a nine in name only. Let's not not think. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to
1: make, but let's not kid ourselves that
3: anything I say about being a nine has any relevance to anything in in the game of rugby. But what I would say. Russ wants us um, to be uh, relatable. Yeah, relatable. I'm I'm a third team nine, so there you go. Um, relate to that. Um, (laughs) And swivel. Yeah, (laughs) if you want to talk about being a a high level football fullback, we can talk about that. But, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll go on my nine experience. And I, I mean, let's I'll level with you if play goes side to side, I ain't getting to the ruck. So, you know, there's the ball's as slow as you like because it's not coming from nine in that situation. But, um, in terms of international rugby, I would suggest that, um, no, you don't, you, do, you know, aimless phase play across the width of the pitch. Obviously, that's not what England want to do. That I think it's pretty self-evident what England want to do. And that's pretty much what Saracens do, which is they know that they're more powerful than every other team. So they just batter people into submission. And and yes, it's not boring. Yes, it's extremely boring. But it's um, been proven it? to work over uh, and over and over again. I, so I, so so I think a
2: couple it's fantastic. Of
0: examples.
2: I, yeah, I like it. A um, couple of examples on the Ben Youngs thing, though. There was, there was a um, a case on Saturday where he put in a box kick. Um, England turned the ball over, not overly clean, but obviously back three were tied in, and he straight away went for a little, little chip and run over the top. Now, I don't think he would have done 18 months ago. I think he would have slowed it right, right down, given it to a fat forward to trough it up a few yards and really slowed it down. Equally, I get what you're saying, Russ. If you're not having to run 60 yards, not blowing when you get there, and you can get there a bit quicker. But there were times 18 months ago where we were making half breaks, three quarter breaks, getting getting behind their line and pushing them backward, and then waiting three seconds for the ball to be passed. And I, and it's it's going so much quicker now, even when you've got front foot forward ball. Now I don't, I can't see that. He's changed as a player, so it's got to be something about his system or it's got to be something about his, his confidence and his mindset. I don't really know, but he doesn't stand out as, as a substandard player within that team, which I think he did 18 months ago.
3: And that's... Ben Young's just done this for 150 caps. He'll have four or five games where he looks like a world-class nine and then he'll regress to what he actually is, which is a plodding nine who just sort of game manages he's Ian
2: all... Bell? is that what you're saying
3: yeah yeah he,
2: he's he'll, score, late, he'll score a lovely century in, you know,
3: Cook, where every yeah, time you think yeah. he's just about to be dropped he'll make a double 100 yeah. It's he'll make you
2: know, a lovely century in the third innings when you're already yeah. 500 runs ahead
3: exactly um I don't think he's the best nine we've got. I don't think he's probably in the top five we've got. Going on what Richard Wigglesworth did on Saturday, I'd say he's probably behind Richard Wigglesworth in terms of actual ability and and fit to the system. But he's doing the job. He's doing the and job he's that incumbent. anyone wants to do. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and Eddie Eddie clearly likes him. Um, that, has anybody else got anything that they want to uh, they want to talk about England? And, and yeah, again? I just
3: want to say about that. Um, the Johnny May try—that's the first time since uh COVID came into our lives that I've genuinely missed the crowds at a game because oh, yeah. the roar that would have been going up as May set off.
0: Well, it's—it was like it was almost like you can imagine the only thing that I can equate it to you, the amount of times I've watched that Chris Ashton try against Australia. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's, it's funny. there. We all it?
3: said that work. Yeah, it was the Chris Ashton try that—that that noise. The sort of when you realise when one half of the ground, the the people sitting at the side of the pitch that can see that there's no cover, they start the roar and then it just sort of spreads around the ground. It's it's the one time that I've really missed it. But
0: the the announcement today or what I've seen today is that they're going to start letting fans back in the stadiums right as of next week or week after next four thousand yeah. yeah four thousand capacities and. Um...
3: I mean, luckily that that still means that Sale could have still got about three thousand tickets they can sell.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: in an industrial
0: estate, imagine in they'll still be in tier three, mate. So it's not. You know, you
3: know, you know how like most sports stadiums that you know you, you want a nice little pub next to it or something like that. Do you know what Sale have got next to their ground now? <laughs> I don't know. An Audi. B and M. Yeah, an Audi. Al- Al- <laughs>
1: ben, you wanted, to, uh, you wanted to. You want in. Yeah, I just wanted to go back to the back row chat just for a minute just those those articles were doing my head in there was there was one this morning sort of saying about Sam Simmons could start for the Lions and not get into the England squad and I just think I don't, I don't see the point of these these articles and it's this is no knock on Sam Simmons he's a fantastic player but I don't know I think if you think I mean look how long it took Gatland to to pick Tipperich I don't I don't think that Simmons is going to be his cup of tea either. And well, and I'd,
3: yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. And I'd also and, say along those same similar lines that Sam Simmons is what twenty two, twenty-three? Yeah. And Billy Vunapola breaks his arm every four weeks. So yeah. you know, less uh
0: If if yeah. there's one if there's one lions tour that probably doesn't suit Sam Simmons, it's it's South Africa, yeah. I would Yeah, say. exactly.
1: And and I think yeah. If you look at how uh, how highly Gatlin rated um, Lydia, he's twenty six. You, you just think Underhill's going to be right up his street, mm. but yeah, I, I just think I think it's just you've just got to leave it now. I think I think sorry, Doug is right. Simmons is going to get some caps eventually, even if it takes Eddie Jones going. Someone's going to give him some caps, and I, I can't remember who said it in the last um, in the last podcast, but. You know, even on the England bench, you've you've got Ben Earl who who does the same things as Simmons. He's just a bit bigger. Yeah. And 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 it is just going to be a size problem for now. And it's
0: it, it's not even a size one. It's, it's like horses for courses, isn't it? Eddie Jones has clearly set his stall out for what he wants, and at the moment, it's not Sam Simmons. I'm I'm in I'm under no illusion, and I know it's been talked about before. You know, Sam Simmons, Joe Simmons,
3: uh.
1: Joe Simmons'
3: time will come. His time will come because yeah, um, he's got probably four World Cups left in him, and yeah. I would argue that it's probably going to be Ford and Farrell's last at the yeah. next one. Um, so, and,
0: there, and there are players across the Premiership that will probably, you know, feel, maybe feel aggrieved that it, they're not getting yeah. picked. Or it, it's whatever. more,
3: but it's it's slightly more baffling that Jacob Umang is getting into the squad and Joe Simmons isn't. That yeah. that that's more. But that was—they
0: you know. mentioned that in the commentary. I mean, we can come on to the the Premiership. They mentioned that in the commentary yesterday. That you know, the reports coming out of the England camp is that, that Eddie Jones really likes the way that Jacob Umanga approaches things. He likes the way he does this, he does that. And the only time I've seen Jake, when Jacob Umanga... He, when Jacob Umanga didn't have Jimmy Gopuff at twelve when he was injured, wasps and Umanga were rubbish, Pain. right? And and Pain. yes. Yes, that is a, a learning thing. He was new into the Premiership. He was growing into it. All of that sort of stuff, completely accepted, right? And I'm not saying that Umanga is a rubbish player. What I'm saying is, is that as far as, and I've said this before on the podcast, I think, is that if um, if he likes the way Umanga plays, then he will pick Umanga at 10 and Farrell at 12, the same way that he has mm-hmm. Gopuff outside him at Wasps. Yep. Because, because it is a, a game management thing.
3: My, own, so, my only issue, the only, the, and to, to sort of my last point on Billy Vanapola Napola, would be that it's going to be harder to justify picking Billy Vanapola when he's not playing for Saracens all year. If Sam and, Sam Simmons is scoring three tries every week for Exeter, it's going yeah. to become it's, go, it's and, going to get to the point where it, you cannot justify it.
0: Well, he, he can justify it though because provided Billy Vanapola keeps putting in those putting in good performances but, for but England,
3: you you can't. You just cannot justify picking we, someone who's playing no yeah, competitive rugby over somebody who's playing yeah. for the European champions scoring and playing well every so, week.
0: I I agree with you entirely. But if we know anything by, by now, Eddie Jones doesn't want or look to justify whatever he does to anybody. He'll just do what he wants. So I think Ben was right. We, we just all need to stop saying Eddie should do this, Eddie should do that. You know, it's inherent in any team sport, in any management that they get second guessed. Ultimately until England start underperforming for a prolonged period of time, we, we all just need to step back.
3: I mean, my personal preference would be for Eddie Jones to be uh, relieved of his post uh, because I think his act has worn thin and I don't care if we're winning. I think his act has worn thin. He's, He's become a bit of a Mourinho character for me. Um, but then you know, I I just I, don't listen. I just don't listen to
2: his interviews. Sports for rugby. But um, I am. Um, i, I on like a similar the name, though. So... Going back, going back to Joe Simmons. Um, as long as Owen Farrell's fit, Joe Simmons doesn't really get any game time because that he's he's an Owen Farrell uh, replacement, not a George Ford replacement in the role that George Ford plays. <laughs> um, and Owen Farrell will play 80 minutes if he's available. So.
0: Yeah, he
2: just needs but, to wait for Farrell to retire or get hurt or get
0: Here's I mean, I know this has been put out there a lot on the various rugby pages over the last couple of days. Um, but the sooner England replace Maro as captain over Owen Farrell... Um, the better, as far as I'm concerned, as far not just culturally, not just for, you know, I just think I think having listened to him talk and watched a couple of interviews and and seen the way that he conducts himself, I yeah, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I I see him as an incredible leader of this England side for for years and years to come.
3: Who Uh, would be but I don't think you can say that Farrell hasn't been
0: no, Farrell. Yeah, Farrell put, has put himself in the shot window a little bit for some, you know, indiscretions. Toji isn't by any means sort of blemish free, and he does live sort of life on the edge. But I, uh, Farrell, has done nothing wrong for me to say for to say this. I'm not saying sack Farrell now, but what I'm saying is that I would like personally to see toji as England captain sooner rather yeah, than
1: later. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I think Farrell. Is a very very good player, but I think he's not quite as undroppable as his reputation. I also think he's a bit of an abrasive so, character
0: that could that t- maybe tends to rub referees up the wrong way. Yes. Potentially, I, that's
2: I think that's the important point. I think and every England team at the moment is going to have Farrell and Ntoto as two leaders. Leaders on the pitch, leaders in the way they behave. They're the people pulling pulling other players in together and having the kind of words with the players. All a captain is really is who's that liaison yeah, with the ref. And I think Itoji would probably do a better job of that than Farrell. And Farrell is very much in, will be very much in the spotlights as much as he'll be very much in other coaches' spotlights because of some of the stuff that he does. Now, if you can distance him from the refs a little bit, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. About.
0: And Farrell is always going to be in that spotlight, like forever now. It will his tackle technique. It will always, always come into question. He might not make another high tackle for three or four years in international rugby, right? But then he'll do one in in four years' time if he still plays for England. And everybody going, oh fucking Farrow, he's he's such a fucking his tackle technique is questionable, and that will always be there. Anyway, we've done like. 30 odd minutes on England when I said well we'll just fly through uh, and we'll do we'll do 15 minutes and we'll make it a 45 minute pod yeah um <laughs> <laughs> 33 minutes in right uh you all did you guys want to talk anything about uh France or Scotland France yesterday? today um do we think I mean I'm not entirely sure how this nation's Cup is going to work but I assume if England beat Wales on Saturday then it'll be England France at Twickenham on the week after right?
2: Yeah, and then no, no, no. Ireland, Scotland, <laughs> Ireland, Scotland, uh, Wales, Italy, Fiji, Georgia.
0: And, uh, and you, you say I mean, you mentioned almost at the start when we started talking about England, Doug, that England developing a brand to dominate in, in the state of European rugby. France, you know, they didn't blow Scotland away yesterday, there, there was a lot of It was bitty that game yesterday, wasn't it? It was lots of penalties, lots of mistakes, and Stuart Hogg had an absolute mare. But they've got two very much contrasting styles. And do you think the way that England play, I'm just going to ask this as sort of a round-off question, really. Um, France like to run the ball. France like to... And they've got the players to do it. Do you think the England style of, of kicking them deep and making them run it back would would favour England more than, than that the young French side that's, that's coming out now?
1: Um, I think like any game, it'd come down to the forward battle, wouldn't it? I think um, with France, usually you've got to hold them at the scrums, although I don't think they're quite as strong as they were, although Scotland got properly seen off didn't they in the scrums um I don't know the the risk with France is that they're they're capable because of of Vaca Tower and DuPont in particular of making something out of pretty much nothing um so if you're if you're kicking the ball back to them then there is that risk but then there's also the risk France being France of them chucking an intercept or dropping the ball you know it's I, I think they'll just England are just going to keep to that tactic against everyone. I don't think there's going to be a a change to it whatsoever. Um, the only thing I would take out of the French game, not the only thing, but uh, there was a really good piece of refereeing by Wayne Barnes.
0: Was that the um... the, oh,
1: the, video ref- yeah, the, the video, video yeah. referee? Yeah, the video
0: referee. And card, Ben, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll come on to this when we talk about the Premiership. But Ben Whitehouse inserting himself into that game mm. on a number of occasions. And Wayne Barnes going, yeah, I saw all that. Uh I'll have a look at it, but I'm pretty confident about what I saw. Yeah. Um, and then what he saw was exactly the same as what happened on the replay. And it all just carried on, which was, you know, Wayne, Wayne Barnes is by some distance the best referee on the planet. And <sighs> I, I know, yeah, you can fucking snooze away, but <sighs> you know, yeah. Next, I'll be saying he talks French as well. To the um, it, the, 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 the
1: one coll- thing, the,
3: the, the, the collective group wank off of Wayne Barnes is one of the most nauseating Twitter to- topics in the history of rugby.
2: It's, it's, it's nearly as nause- It's nearly as nauseating as the collective wanking off of Nigel Owens two years ago. Yeah, but, uh, but, but they're not the, the,
3: They're not in the same. <laughs> you know what? I'd yeah. rather I didn't know who Wayne Barnes was. Well. You're right. Um, moving back to the rugby, um, I
2: think both as Ben Luz do, but it's very much the same with Scotland, particularly a Finn Russell or an Adam Hastings in Scotland, as it is France in that a little part of them relies on some magic. Um, England's game plan is very controlling. The France and and in particular the Scotland game plans are, are very kind of free-flowing and expressive rugby. And the question comes down to: Can you completely control that? And nine times out of ten, you, you you can. One time out of ten, you're going to lose that game because they just click with a little bit of magic, and you and you I just think, can't control uh, for that. You can scramble France, as well as you can.
1: I think France will come; they'll become more and more pragmatic as.
2: Yeah, I think France is probably more six or seven times out of ten you can control mm. it than, than nine times. He, he's got Scotland players Nine times in, out of ten you can
1: control it. Yeah, you've, he's got players in sort of starting to get them in, in a little bit uh, to his style. Like Aldriti, he, he doesn't perhaps run in open play like Pico used to, but he never stops running, does he? Um, he
2: got... Absolutely smashed. Um, I can't remember who it was by. He got absolutely smashed by a couple of the Scotland players. Got the ball standing still, tried to put some momentum in, and got driven back about 10 yards. And you looked at it and you go, That's that's probably a tide changer, but then the Scots never really built on it.
1: Yeah. The, the one going back to the referees and that one, little the... shake
2: of the fist was because um, Theo Walcourt's just broke his duck for so <laughs>
1: The, the one bit of re- referee red hot referee action that did make me laugh was when, um, when red you... hot referee action. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> there there is tonight's podcast title. By That's the way. what we yeah. all
3: tune in for. That red hot yeah. referee action.
1: Blow my whistle, guys. Um, it was um, it was when Nigel was the video referee, wasn't he? And he came in, and the ref said, "Oh, where's the mark?" And he went just about where you fell over. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, well. I just want to say about Scotland—they are my favourite team to watch at the moment. I love their back row. Jamie Rich is just an amazing player. I think he'll be in it's the Premiership moment. before too long. Um, Hamish Watson's fantastic. I really like. Um, I, I really like their uh, that Doohan van der Merwe. You know, Muc van der Merwe. Um, he's an absolute beast and. Obviously, they suffered for not having either Finn Russell or Adam Hastings. Um I do think they're, they're just fun to watch, and their stash is absolutely incredible. I love both of their kits, and they're both Macron kits. So there you go. That's all I want to say about Scotland.
0: <laughs> Macron kits.
3: I'd um, sooner watch. I'd rather watch Scotland than any other international rugby team at the moment. That, I just think the way they play the game is really good.
0: That that's fair enough. Right, let's let's segue away from there because you mentioned Macron kits and I'm gonna tenuously segue from one Macron team to another. Um the premiership kicked off Friday night and, and Doug, you had the the pleasure of being at the uh the mecca of rugby, I would say, the AJ Bell, you know, with with a full stadium, um, if that's ever happened, you know, a real atmospheric place. Yeah, uh, a real icon of uh, of English rugby. Um, to watch your beloved Northampton Saints, well, you're obviously working, uh, but you mm-hmm. got to watch Northampton Saints' first game of the season against Sale. Uh, how was it?
3: Um, not brilliant. Slightly worrying. Um, I don't understand why anyone thinks that this season is any different from last year. Like, so this season is going to carry on in the vein that last year finished. And Northampton since the 24th of January um, well, sorry since the 18th of January when we beat Lyon away in France have won twice and those victories have been against London Irish and Worcester. Now, that, is,
0: that is worrying.
3: I don't understand why chopping this season up and saying, oh, it's a new season, you know, Saints are going to do this, they're going to do that. No. Saints have won two games in almost a calendar year. And I know a few months of that was missing because of COVID, whatever, but we've lost to practically everyone in the premiership quite convincingly at times. And My main concern about Saints is that we've sort of They say in the NFL that you need to zag when other teams zig. You need to be different, stay ahead of the curve. In the premiership, if you do that, which is what Saints are trying to do, you are going to get pumped. You look at the sale team, and they had seven players in their pack from South... Well, six from South Africa and one from Russia who had arms quite literally unlike anything I've ever seen. (laughs) They were frightening. And we had... Admittedly, one of my favorite ever saints um
0: dave ribbons alex. rave
3: ribbons <laughs> rave ribbons on the bench um waller alex uh, ethan uh, alex Waller um and we had bit, uh moon alex moon um but basically we we've constructed a team that would compete in super rugby because what what um, our coach wants to do is move quickly, shift the ball around the park and beat teams with, with pace. Our back line, Tom Collins on the wing, he looks like a child on a rugby field with these people. He looks like a child. Yeah. We We are completely unprepared for what the premiership has become, which is... Just blunt force and complete lack of flair. Sale have got the message. They've seen Exeter and they've seen Saracens buying up these people who are just... They're not humans. They're, they're like a different species. They're these huge sort of missing link type people. Wasps are sort of getting there. Bristol are doing it. They're just getting huge. You look at Exeter they're, they're, you know, I don't even know what they are, and the teams that aren't doing it are suffering. So Saracens, uh, so sorry, um, Harlequins, but then they're getting bigger. Saints, not so much. And and the worrying thing for me is that we've done all of our business now. This is what we've got to get through to the end of the season. We haven't won in a year. I, I genuinely think that we're going to go down this this season. You look at the squad of Lone... Lund- I think it'll be between... And especially after that Newcastle result, you look at the squads and you think, without Reinach, there's not a lot there. And it and it's painfully obvious just what Reinach did for Saints. He froze entire teams. They were terrified of him. Absolutely yeah. terrified. Um, couldn't live, live with his, his pace. State. Yeah, couldn't live with his to, pace. And to that, the and point... That... To-
2: Well, they would take backward steps when they should have been taking forward steps. Uh, Absolutely. It it was a complete game changer.
3: And what teams do when they see Saints now is they think, well, we're just going to pace them in the scrum. Every time we have a scrum, we're going to get a penalty. That puts pressure on the backs. Can't drop the ball. If we drop the ball, we're going to give away a penalty. And um, (laughs) Chris Boyd's got a lot of thinking to do. If I was him, I'd be raiding every championship team for their biggest player. I'd just be going and pick, right, who is your biggest player? Give him to me. Because yeah, we've got a lot of technically good players, and like I say, we'd be a fantastic Super Rugby side. But we're going to get pumped every week until something something changes, and I don't I don't know how it's going to change.
0: You can be a big, as big as you like, but if you can't retain possession or maintain a set set piece, you are going to be banging trouble, aren't you?
3: No, no, mate, that's not the case. That's not the case. You, you can be as big as you like and just bludgeon people out. No, the sorry. Way. I meant, I but meant, I meant as, you, they capitulate. <clears throat> I meant what I
0: meant was, and I didn't say that I so said as big as you like, I meant to say you could be as technical as you like and have as much ability yeah. as you like. But unless you were able to maintain possession and set peace and yeah. physically hold up against teams, you're going to be in the shit.
3: Yeah. Our, our packs, um, uh, there's some great players there. It's just they're they're not big enough. They're just not big enough. And, that, and, and you can tell teams think we're soft. Teams think we're soft. And that's not a good place to even to be turning
0: up at a game even before the the whistle's even blown. That's if that's people's mentality before the whistle's blown. You, it's it's a difficult. But position
3: I also, to be also think that Ben Franks, who is like a, a thin you, is the worst rugby player. <laughs> with the biggest reputation I've ever seen. He is absolutely terrible at being a prop forward as, uh, at rugby. He, needs to, he just needs to go. He's embarrassing. How that guy played for New Zealand, I've no idea. He's an embarrassment.
0: I guess it's, I guess it's a, a bit of reputation. But also in that, in that New Zealand team, he would have been right down the bottom of the, the pecking order, wouldn't he? Just do your job. Whereas now he's Uh, he played he played like 80 tests for the All Blacks. He won the World Cup. Yeah, but my point my point point is at that time, at the peak of his powers, that he was probably just asked to do a single thing. And now he's not very good at it. He's only asked to
3: do a single thing at Saints. Like, don't get folded in half every time we go into a scrum. And he's singularly incapable of doing it, just like his shitter older brother. Is he not about a million years old now? Don't even know. His spine probably is, judging by the way he gets folded up for Northampton every week.
0: Uh, wow. Well, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, like power and, and grinding teams down. That's exactly what Exeter did to Harlequins. I mean, anybody that wasn't a Northampton or a Sale fan on Friday night, I'd imagine would have been watching Exeter versus Harlequins um, with all the games being on telly. And that's exactly what Exeter did. E- Exeter did not put in... A great performance by any stretch of their imagination. They had that one bit of magic on the in the first half from uh, from Sam Simmons that was exceptional, um, and the game was 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 stop start after that. And then, like I say, the last the last fifteen twenty minutes, Exeter scored like twenty points, and just literally Quins had nothing left. They had no answer, and and the the old adage of playing a rugby match for eighty minutes. And you're not winning it within the first half, but put yourself in a position not to lose it. It has never been never been more true. And Rob Baxter said that exact thing afterwards: is that you know you you, you don't win many rugby matches by half time, especially in the Premiership nowadays, because it's all very much tight and power orientated.
3: Playing Saints, you've won it before you turned up. Wow. <laughs> poor, poor Saints, poor Saints.
0: But Exeter, they didn't play, they didn't play great. But, you know, they've had two weeks off probably getting over a, a couple of massive monumental hangovers. So, uh, so that's fair enough. You mentioned so we're playing
3: like their eighth choice team and they
0: spanked Harlequins. Uh, Harlequins did not get, did not get a sniff
3: all day. I don't want to, I don't want to sort of put down on this because I, uh, do you know what? I really enjoyed the rugby this week. But the pre- we're basically now in for eight months or however long it is, six months of rinse and repeat from last year until players can, until clubs can go and buy players again, because we've essentially had a season and a half yeah. of the same squads. So what's going to change? Nothing's going to change. Exeter are going to walk the league. Wasps are going to finish second or third. Bath will be up there and everyone else will fight out for the fourth position. And I, I As long as the rugby's good, I won't mind. But you've seen what we're going to get. Because we've had we had half a season from last year. And it's going to be exactly as, a, you know, they had three weeks off. They have longer than that off sometimes during the season anyway. If you take into account the Premiership Cup and international breaks, they can be off playing Premiership rugby for a month. So,
2: yeah.
3: you know, I'd... <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Leicester looked decent. Irish and and um Worcester both looked all right with a lot of players missing. Worcester had their two two of their best players missing. Um I think Newcastle were a competent team. They had a lot of, for some reason a lot of injuries. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle actually I I watched
0: a lot of that game at the Rec on Saturday and I and I think to a certain extent Bath let Newcastle off the hook. I thought that they uh, potentially underestimated them a little bit. And even when they managed to keep nudging themselves ahead, they never got themselves into a position to to really put Newcastle to bed. And they allowed them back into it. Uh, there is one thing that I, that I wanted to talk about about the Bath-Newcastle game is um, some of the referees, and I'm going to single out Craig maxwell here uh, and I've done it before, and the fact that he refereed the Premiership final, because literally every other referee that uh, the RFU had available was on international duty. He, that, that game probably went on for about 20 minutes longer than it should have done, in total. Because for every single little
3: thing... He kept
0: referring to, to the TMO. and between I him just and the really TMO, don't like
3: the way he says advantage.
0: It's, it was so frustrating. There was at least three occasions where he clearly saw what had happened. He told the TMO what had happened. They looked T- at it again and again and again and again. It's because they get on telly, mate. It's, fun. <laughs> like, but it's that's so not... obvious but, why they but do they... it. But it was time off for about three and a half minutes while they reviewed replay after replay, when the first replay showed them what happened, which was exactly what he said had happened to start off with. And they went round and round and round in circles. And and then they came to the same decision that he said it was the decision he gave without even going At to the time... TMO. And it's every time like,
2: they like something to TMO, and they appear on telly for a minute or more. It sticks hundred pound a night on their after dinner seeking leave for when they retire. It's
0: just fucking, it, but it's killing the game, and it kill it for me. It killed that Bath Newcastle game because every single tiny little thing. Instead of like there, there was a point, um, it was uh Thock and the Seagars try the first try, right? He said right at the time. I was there. I saw it. It was flat. Try given. So try. It's a flat pass. Try. They went back and, whether it was him or the TMO or whatever, they they reviewed it for about three minutes looking at angles. And they didn't actually have an inline side on angle. They didn't have one. So what's the fucking I mean, thing?
3: Because, of... yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: but but so whether it was or whether it wasn't they didn't have a side on angle he'd already said in his own mind it was flat so they'd had to get they'd had to manufacture an angle to prove that it was forward when they didn't have an angle so just fucking get on with it no one's going to appeal it get on with it agreed just get on with the
3: game yeah very much so i and that, if you and want to talk about um have you did you hear about the the uh, stamping incident at Leicester. No, so I can't. Let me think if I can remember who it was. One of the Gloucester players, I think it was their hooker, Kiwi hooker, stamped on one of the Leicester players. Um, if you can find it, have a look at it. Uh, basically, the, the the Gloucester player was on the floor doing that shit house thing where you hold people, you know, he's holding the guy down. It looked to me like he was going for the going for the Charlies. And, um, a, a miss, but it was holding on to the guy, and the guy punched his arm away, as you can do, and then he went back and tried to hold him again. And so the, 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 the Kloster player just sort of stood on his chest. I wouldn't say it was a stamp as such, but social media went nuts. And I, I just want to say that the, the, the referee in that instance, um, he, he, he yellow carded both players, which, um, I thought was one of the best decisions I've seen in a long time, actually, because none of it would have happened if the cross the player hadn't, what well, hadn't been being held. Yeah. But again, Twitter, Leicester fans it, in particular.
0: It, it, it sounds like a prime example of you. You shouldn't have been a cunt. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have retaliated for him being a cunt. You both yeah. go into the bin. See you exactly. later.
1: Exactly. And that was, yeah, It's a very, really good. That's the that. exact phrase he used, wasn't it, Doug? Oh, yeah, I, I, imagine I, yeah, it that. Was.
0: Imagine I, a referee doing that. That would that would go <laughs> down so well.
3: They're both just being cunts there, aren't they, Kitty? Yeah, they are, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just send them both off. Yeah, all right, do Excuse that. Me, yeah. skipper 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 <laughs> kind of skipper. These two you <laughs> <laughs> If
0: he um, wasn't a cunt, if he wasn't being a cunt, then he wouldn't have had to retaliate to him being a cunt. Yeah. And as it is, they're both a pair of cunts. They're going to the bin. You
3: know, you're both a pair of cunts. Off you go. If, um, if
1: anyone listens to this with their kids. I'm a bit late now, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, It's only been like five years we've been doing this. <laughs> if you're still listening to it with your kids, you've got to evaluate your parenting. Um, <laughs> James. <laughs> uh, what I, look, I want to talk about Leicester. I know you want to sort of wrap this up.
1: No,
0: mate, you're
3: fine. Um, Leicester looked good. Without, without Ben, uh, Ben Youngs, without George Ford, without, um, you know, the the prop fella, you know what I mean. Dan Cole Genge, Genge, that's the one. Um, Freddie Stewart, uh, Freddie Stewart looked fantastic at fullback. I think he's going to be a really good player. Their their new winger Van Vyck, Where they found this fella, I don't know, but he was he was um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Tauta Touter in the in the centres was good. Did you um, say
1: Van Vyke? Yeah. Scotland, mate. Scotland? Same place as the one that's starting from comes from. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they... Oh, the, from the from the from the Scottish Van
3: Wicks. Yeah. Yeah. Um they have a winger called Harry Potter. <laughs> so do with that what you will. How long before Ali Ekin makes a joke about that in a pre-match? It's, it's been done. Um, I'm not. I'm not having Zach Henry. I think he's pony. But um, Wigglesworth was, you know, he just did Wigglesworth things.
0: But the thing is, uh, a, a team like Leicester, they they need someone like if they like someone like Wigglesworth to just give them a little bit of direction,
3: mm, a little mm. bit of. Calm, maybe. Honestly, do you think you'll keep Ben Youngs out the side. I really do. I just think the control he brings to a game is just you can't you can't put a price on that. And um, they've they've unearthed this number eight, Jasper Visa, who I think is the brother or the, some, some related to that uh, hooker that plays for Sale. Van you know, de murder. No, v- v- Visa. Oh. I'm sure he's. I'm sure. Anyway. He he was bloody brilliant, and um, even their kit looked good. Which, when you see pictures of it, it shouldn't is... it shouldn't look good. But the white shorts and the black socks, loving it. Oh, is it Cobus Visa from Sale? Yeah, that's the fella. That's his brother or cousin. did um,
2: Ben Young signed the contract fairly recently? I wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have it in there that um, when he's Back when he's not playing internationally, he has to play a set number of games.
0: I, I, th- I think between, I mean, it's a sensible move to have him and him and Wiggy as as a as a one and two punch scrum half partnership. Depending on horses for courses, Ben Youngs off the bench or Wig- Wigglesworth off the bench, it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, they they've struggled for key positions for a while, Leicester, and it's it's a bit of a shrewd signing, I think. Um, Steve Borthwick is. Uh,
3: put it this way they're they're in no danger of going down with the signings they've made no danger whatsoever Um,
0: that's that must must feel real shit
3: just you know based on what you said about Northampton I mean hopefully the uh championship won't go ahead so we can't go down but um gee I'm telling you now if it does go ahead we're we're in a spot above but um to to peel the onion back Russ you you mentioned on our whatsapp there's been a little bit of um chat about tv production and stuff
0: oh yeah on, Phil, on the games mentioned... I, I just
3: want to say there was a try in this leicester game where the uh there was a hint of a forward pass when i say hint i mean it was it was a mile forward and the tmo only looks at one angle and they... <laughs> i probably shouldn't say this but then another angle appeared and he went oh oh after he said yeah that's fine he went Said to the director, oh, "Oh, oh, yeah, that one looks forward, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 a bit late now, mate. Oh, <laughs> you've know?
0: already given it, sunshine.
3: Yeah. Um, just for anyone out there that thinks that the Amazon coverage has been a bit pony, um, literally to a man, the same crew that did the Premiership final. So if you think the uh, coverage was any same, different, same director, same director." Yep. Um, same cameraman Rousey was uh, there with his odd socks. You know, um, c- c- the, director would, audience, the, yeah. the director would have been um Steve Mac, uh, not Steve McNamara, That's the ITV guy. Um, oh shit, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Um, am I right in Am I right in
0: thinking yeah. that it's the same? The the camera setter. Am I right in thinking that the camera setup is the same around the stadium? And yep. Because um, the game four was brought. cameras, one, two, game- three, and
3: the gantry. The and game- then you just have a few other bits of fluff in the middle.
0: The game was broadcast both on Amazon Prime and on Channel Four, so the 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 feed would have been the same. The Channel dire- Four would have
3: taken the feed. Yeah. And yeah. then and then their bits around the game would have been so Channel Four would have had their own cameras there to do presentation and whatnot. But yeah, the yeah. match cameras would have been the same.
0: To people um, people that are whinging the, about
3: zooming the, in and out. It's and, yeah, the people, strange,
0: strange close-ups and,
2: and weird angles and just not really good flow and comments that the cameramen have clearly never watched a rugby match before. Same, or never watched the rugby match. Same
3: before. fellas that do 70, 80 matches a year. Well, I, I think they're the same people that were
0: probably moaning that Amazon is shit because it was buffering. Yeah. And it yeah. was pix,
1: and it was pixelating and they tell you, you see it very well. I tell you what, yeah. mind that and it my Amazon is absolutely fine for everything else. So if I'm trying to watch a film or whatever on Amazon Prime, it works perfectly fine. But the sport, when the when they tried the football, I couldn't watch it. And I, I can't watch it, it, runs, down.
3: Is it something to do with the bitrate or something, Russ. I think it might be because it might be, be. Got, online uh,
1: rather
0: than yeah. free. Um but well, there's there's no chance for it to to catch up as such as there. If
3: yeah, if you're, if when you're watching, watching when you know... watch the motorbikes on BT, there's quite a lot of ghosting. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I if mean, I it watch it on my Fire Stick, I much. can
1: watch it, but not off
0: not on the normal. Yeah. And I think some people had it the other way around, that it was it, it was pixelating on a Fire Stick, but they're not directly into a TV. I had it on on an app on the TV, and it was absolutely perfect. In fact, I had it streaming on there app on the TV on Amazon Prime while I was watching Sky Sports on a laptop.
3: I wonder and, if it could be even streaming something similar
0: as in like... And in makes or... amounts of porn on my phone at the same time.
3: <laughs> it, it could be some something along the lines of the, like the way your colours are set up on your TV just requires more a higher bit rate. To, I don't know. Maybe we'll it
0: it could be device specific. It could be people's broadband. It could be lots of things. I think ultimately, it's not amazon's fault when if it if for amazon prime if it works perfectly for one single person then they are doing their job because they are broadcasting Mm -hmm. it to a quality that is streamable
1: yeah well welcome to switch over podcast
3: yeah i would i would say that uh though that you know if you think that any coverage of rugby in this country is done by people who don't know it then you're probably watching something on the bbc because they use there's a very specific b b c crew that do all the b b c stuff they're mostly retired or made redundant from the b b c in the nineties and are now coining it in as freelancers pretty much working on anything the b b c does but if it's an i t v production or a channel four or b t or sky there's a, it's not that many people that do all of this stuff and we tend to do it all so um you're talking out your ass if you, that? people that aren't, don't know what they're doing.
2: How's that 45-minute pod working out for you, Ross? Say that again, mate. Is that 45-minute-long pod working out for you? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're <laughs> an hour and five, here, aren't we? David? On the subject of the of the of the coverage, did anyone think? Um Benjamin Kaiser was really good in the French game
0: i did i, I enjoyed benjamin kaiser yeah. he was he was entertaining as well as being yeah. informative
1: um, and and they they had um Andrew Cotter as well, so I suppose that that always helps i think yeah. so yeah,
0: they've got a quite good little crew, old amazon prime i think they're they're doing all right um and you know i think that they've they've bought a slightly different dimension, so fair play uh do anybody does anybody want to talk anything about bristol and wasps uh yesterday before we uh before we wrap up
1: uh just it was a great try yeah. Yeah, yeah brilliant try. From
0: your your mate doug had a nice little break and and hand off inside to, to tom willis i know you're a big fan uh,
3: yeah no it was a great try great try
0: it was a it was a good game. It was it was bitty, and it was it was almost first, like almost typical first game of the season. There were lots of errors, lots of mistakes. But as far as a as a contest goes, it was it was a good contest. And uh, I think Bristol shot themselves in the foot to a certain extent. I think he's much better than he looked because
2: he's so ugly.
3: <laughs> His really pointy face. I feel like if you threw him into the ground, it'd stick. That's that's Mrs. Wait, Bassett not wet, the same more, isn't like it? a human javelin.
2: <laughs> he wedged himself between the cracks in the pavement.
3: Yeah, like Rust would roll, but Josh Bassett <laughs> would just sort of die like that. Russ has frozen. He's had enough. Look, that's one insult too many, isn't it?
1: Mm. He's, he's Russ, are you dead? Yeah, his his silence speaks volumes. <laughs> Uh, you know what? that's still. Oh, Russ's, laptop
3: has just, Russ's laptop has just died, so I'll take over the, the hosting that's, responsibilities. I'm that not... position Russ has just frozen. You, you recorded. Um, oh God, I hope I hope everything else is uh, recorded. Um, the, should we do any other business, Ben? Because now Russ is dead. I, you know, yeah. I feel like we should probably stop talking about rugby.
1: Yeah that that um, that image that he froze in was quite unpleasant, wasn't it? Yeah
3: yeah get how he gets his finger that far up his ass i don't know (laughs)
1: um (laughs) any other business um yeah there was a there was a a a good um couple of documentaries on bbc two about cornwall with simon reeve which uh which i thought were really good sort of painted cornwall in a bit more realistic light than doc martin um or country file um but there was a a nice old chap in Camborne who was running a food bank called Don. And uh, he carried on what filming food the food doc- bank was called Don. It was, yeah. Yeah, Don's Food <laughs> Bank, in fact. Um, but, yeah, he, he carried on filming the documentary, um, even though his wife had died in the week of the, the documentary was being filmed, and he, he was carrying on with the food bank and stuff. And I think they're after donations. So uh, if I can find a, a link, I'll um I'll share that later on, if anyone's interested in taking a look uh but yeah very, very kind kind gentleman who made me feel bad about myself it did,
2: <laughs> it did bring a little tear to my eye
1: there you go
3: that's uh that was quite nice ben
1: yeah um thanks
3: mate. there was us uh phil yeah so
2: the Prime Minister has been on today giving us some guidance about post-lockdown and what's going to happen. And they've done the classic thing that this government appeared to do of just massively overcomplicating it. <laughs> We've got a 97-tier, 43-colour system where you can meet somebody called Brian on a Tuesday, but only if he wipes his ass with his left hand and only outdoors within a distance of 3.72 feet. And we're at a situation where... Actually, what's, what's happened with coronavirus is the countries that are doing really well now, massive economic recovery, are those that have a really harsh lockdown, close down international borders for six weeks, get them under control, and then you can rebuild from there and stop, stop it bringing it in. But if you're not going to do that, scrap all the bloody lockdown crap. Just give people guidance. If you mix with other people, you're at risk of getting coronavirus. So limit the number of people you mix with. Just take sensible precautions. Don't go hugging every other Tom, Dick and Harry. Don't go coughing in people's faces. And just leave people to make their own decisions. Or do something properly about it. Just this this farcical thing. We're doing this because we have to to control the disease. But the measures we brought in probably aren't going to work anyway. So all we're doing is pissing people off. And that's, that's my coronavirus rant of the month.
0: You can't can't have, sorry, my fucking laptop died. You can't have people not mixing and then loads of snotty nose. And open the pubs and the restaurants. Well, it's not even about it. It, it, To me, it's about the schools and the place where the virus will spread the most. Oh, yeah, but we can all stay apart as adults and and keep away from each other and do whatever it is we need to do and not do anything that means we can live our lives. But yet the kids will go to school and sit in a class, even if they're in their own little bubble of six people on a table or whatever. Only takes one of those. It's utter bullshit. And it fucks me off so much that like that is completely disregarded because the minute they close the schools, they basically have to draw a line under the economy because people will say, well, I can't work because my kids are at home. And then, or oh, it's it's that, it's that vicious circle, so they cannot forcibly close the schools because that would that would kill the economy more it's, it's fucking it's my head in
3: I think public liberty restrictions are sad <laughs> <laughs> well played well played uh, I just don't care anymore. No, really the atmosphere here has turned
1: uh, rather sour <laughs> all, I, all I know
0: is that next week we can play golf again
3: yeah news. yeah. Um, uh, Russ, I took over. So, why don't you do? A, why don't Why don't you do an any other business, mate? I
0: just want to do in any other business about insurance companies, and I know you you've had fairly recent.
3: Um... Yeah, I, I think we could go through any one of the all over podcast conglomerates uh, productions. Probably every sixth podcast has a moan about insurance companies.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I just want to say, like. I've had, Don't let that stop you though, Russ. I've had, two different, <laughs> I've had two different things come up for insurance renewal uh, over the last couple of days. Firstly, being my car insurance. Uh, another year with with no claims on it. You know, humble brag. Well,
1: but, hang on a oh, minute. No, Did didn't you, you not that? Yeah, I was
0: just about that. It. It. Well, that, that, was, that, was, that was over 12 months ago. That was the missus insurance. So let's not worry about that. Um... <laughs> So another year with no claims on my insurance, um, yet my insurance premium. Uh, they they just tried to say, well, we're going to put your insurance premium up by X amount for the year. Um, this is your renewal. So I rang them up and said, well, I don't want to renew then. If that's the case, uh, I'm not interested. I'll uh, I'll shop around. And like any other thing, they went, oh, hang on there, Mister Milson. Let's uh, let's see what we can do for you. And then they bought it down below what I'm paying now. So not only did they try and put the price up by £150 a year, they've knocked £50 off a year what I'm already paying now.
3: Because they want you to not notice well, and auto renew. Kind of, yeah, but no, who me? doesn't
0: notice? You have to be an utter fucking imbecile not but to hey, notice. If the last
3: eight months haven't taught you anything. Yeah, that's true. Other imbeciles. than that most people are fucking imbeciles, yeah. then I don't know how to help you. That's true. And the other one was, the
0: other one was around fucking pet insurance, but let's not even get me started on that fucking yeah, dogs I mean
3: look getting sure so so what your dog's poorly throw no. it off the cliff go and get another one there's fucking millions of them <laughs> farm the million there's not there's
2: beast. not there's a, there's a there's a massive pet shortage in the UK now because I probably you, wh- you know why yeah, I know I shouldn't have elk. said anything
3: bad about
0: animals <laughs> you
3: know you why not. Elkins <laughs> no no i no,
2: have I'm with <laughs> sure that but like a crossbred, uh, a nine-month-old mongrel is going for about six hundred quid. Absolutely bonkers because I'm
3: sure dogs. This country. <laughs> did you get yours, Ben? Did you get one of yours from one of those Russian farms?
2: Oh, yeah, it's a.
3: <laughs> it's actually a mink. <laughs>
1: it's like it's like a cocker spaniel battery farm. Uh, it's it's a it's a mink and it's got a cough and it and it likes bacon. I mean, the way it was chowing down its food at the start of his podcast, I wouldn't have fucking doubted it. <laughs> yeah. No, um, ca- came from a reputable breeder, officer <laughs> Ivan Dogolotovich. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: um,
1: oh, Pavlov's dog! Right, let, let's go. She was um, no, i not yeah, getting you, any other business. Oh, I she don't was, know. Have
0: you not done it already?
1: We actually got her off a very nice lady. Um, she turned up in a 1950s sports car. She had a big fur coat and uh, she had uh, quite a few Dalmatians with her. certainly <laughs> <It's an
0: individual>. surname <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah um, sorry. Just oh, two, quick
3: one, two quick ones for me. Just uh, Obviously, you all know a bit of a telly person. Um, just an absolute golden age of telly at the moment. Um if you haven't watched The Mandalorian, I implore you. If you're even like us, I know you What you'll say, Russ, but it it is unashamedly a Western set in space. Right down to the when people are walking, it sounds like Spurs, and they're in like Wild West towns. It's incredible, an incredible bit of TV. That even people you wouldn't like think would like star wars like star wars
1: is star wars the
3: one with the little wizard boy (sighs) anyway um, (laughs) the other one is the other one is the crown which is fuck that as well season four (laughs) fuck that hard one one of the best pieces of television i've ever seen diana Um, dies again just started watching a show on BBC iPlayer called Industry, which is quite good. If you like um, watching people um, perform oral sex, you, you might like it. Um, <laughs> check that out. And if you like food programs, and you've got Netflix, can I, can I recommend? Can I can I recommend um, the Chef Show with Jon Favreau and Roy Choi? It's um, really really good.
0: I know and his. Just, bro- I know Roy's brother, Pack. That predictable, Um yeah, fair enough.
3: Uh, so there, there you go. There's uh, there's about seventy hours worth of television I've just recommended. To I, you.
0: Uh, I I will fuck say, all fuck all of you. <laughs> the queen, the queen speech, the fucking queen, whatever it's called. Um Do you
3: remember when uh, we threw oh, a piece oh. of toast at her and uh, told her to oh, eat that? You can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean that That, that actually happened And um, what a story that is yeah. <laughs> Throwing a piece <laughs> of tips. a portrait of the queen
3: <laughs> now, if you subscribe to Patreon <laughs> uh, It was quite fun
2: Eat that you cunt <laughs> It's a massive flashback, and I'm I'm literally in that foyer <laughs> right now. That is incredible.
0: Um. Oh fuck me. Oh, I mean, if I could call the podcast that, it would be it would be amazing. <laughs> but I can't. So uh, I'm crying. I'm literally crying. And and one day we'll we'll tell that story in full. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll oh, leave we'll you, you in that like a Come to, back next um, week.
3: Pull the curtain back we uh we spoke before we came on air about having a podcast that lasted less than an hour and a half because they uh they're really annoying when they go that long and here we are (laughs) yeah yeah true
0: true true right let's go then um we'll come back next week do it all again this was fun see you boys later go well